0: Everybody see each other. Oh, okay, video recording started. Okay. Um, today we're gonna to do Peric Hay and then Siosharm. Uh Mafsi Hazihirus for we've been talking about Zahirus, right? The concept of being careful and being cognizant and being thoughtful about your life. Um, we talked about uh, how to acquire that, right? That was last week. Um, we talked about how to define it, the, the importance of taking a Cheshband and Nefesh, etc., etc. And now we're going to talk about three things that keep a person from this very crucial Midah um, of thinking about your life, and three things that prevent a person from thinking about their lives. Uh, that's basically the gist uh, of this parak. Again, another always a shout out to those supporting the share on, uh, on patreon.com. Okay, uh, let's dive into it. If you're uh, in the Green Book, it's on page Laman Um, As classic Ramchal, he divides it into three different categories. There are three things, he says, that cause a person not to be Zohir, not to be careful, not to be thoughtful, not to, you know, kind of think about their lives. And the three of them are progressively more difficult to navigate. So the first one is, as he writes, HaTipul Vatirda is some being very, very involved and busy in the physical world. Hashani, the second one is hashchok v'alatzon, joking and as he translates poorly in the English frivolity and levity and derision. Me basically means making a joke of everything um, and not taking anything seriously. Uh, and shlushi, in the third one is hahevreh hara which is bad which you guys could probably tell me about better than I could tell you, but we're going to hear the Ramchal talk about it himself. And so let's go, let's go one by one. The first one is in being an overly involved in this world. Hatipul tipul atirda satirda, means someone who's overly focused uh, and, as they call, shakua, stuck uh, in this physical world. Now, we've mentioned this before. Uh, this is a trick of the Yitzhara, uh to make a person so busy with other things that they can't think, right? And, and uh, he writes over here, the Ramchal writes, uh, in the second line, in the second paragraph, that doesn't mean he's having it doesn't mean he's having forbidden thoughts. It means that his thoughts are chained, right? They are asur, they're like, like in jail. When right? a person's thoughts are in jail. They're basically, he's stuck thinking about uh, you know, the physical world, right? If you've ever known someone who's running uh, a business and works 20 hours a day, they are nuts, right? Their brain is stuck in their job and their work or whatever. Not that, again, we'll talk about it. You should definitely work, but that's not what we're going to say. But someone who's completely obsessed and totally thinking about physical things in this world, uh, it's like he's captive in chains and he can't think. Again, the goal here is to think and to throw out the anchor and think about his life, right? Think about your life a person is totally stuck, all the time running from here to the other thing, trying to figure out things in this physical world, that doesn't allow a person to think straight about what a kosh baruchu uh, could want for us. And again, I've mentioned that I learned with my, uh, my Rebbe, David Miller. So he tells a story. Uh, that he read once, right, there's a, he read in the Columbia University uh, something or other, right, he had known the story beforehand and he had this little extra add-on at the end, which I'll tell you right now, he found in this uh, Columbia newspaper. Story goes that, uh, you guys know who Howard Schultz is? Founder of Starbucks. You guys no. know Starbucks is, right? <laughs> so basically Howard Schultz uh, is Jewish, a uh, Holocaust survivor, uh, or maybe not. I take it back. I'm not sure. Anyway, so um, so he and a bunch of very wealthy uh, f- Jewish philanthropists uh, visited Rav Nussle C. Finkel in the Mir. Right, he was a Shiva, the Mir about uh, ten years ago. He was nifter about ten years ago. So they went to meet Rabbi C Finkel, uh and he asked them what the lesson was from what we could learn from the Holocaust. Uh, you know, so they all muttered, you know, some secular American slogan like "Nothing again, never again." Right, that actually means nothing because nobody actually means it. And when thing push comes to shove, unfortunately, nobody actually cares. But as so they said, never again, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, and Ravnostics says, says that's not the lesson. He so said, the lesson that you guys should learn from the Holocaust is that what happened during the Holocaust, that wealthy people right, were stripped of everything, right? sent on a, a train to a camp. and They had no possessions, right? freezing cold, and they were given one blanket for five people. And there, people had a choice that you could take the blanket and sleep, probably right, or you could keep passing it along. And what happened in the bunkers and in the, in the barracks is that everybody kept on passing it along. He said that's a lesson. He said you guys go back to America and keep passing the blanket. As he basically gave them Musser about their, not so think, gave them Musser about how they, what they should do with their money. Right? That's a story that apparently, and I, I never heard that story, but apparently that was a, you do a story. That's a story that was known. And then how, apparently Howard Schultz made this speech, or he made a whole speech about how he, how he founded Starbucks on those principles that he learned from the rabbi. Apparently he made this speech at a at a big college somewhere. Anyway, the article continues and adds on that Howard Schultz actually went back to Reverend Nelson C. Fingal and said that he was so impressed that, you know, he had a meeting with all these really filthy rich Jewish businessmen and right, he could have asked them for money. And instead of asking them, hitting them, buttering them up and being nice to them and treating them like, you know, they were malchem, malachem. He gave them muster about how they should spend their money, and he was very impressed. And he said how Rabbi right, Finkel used to have to fundraise as well for the Mir, right? A lot of money. So he asked him how much money he has to uh, he has to raise for the next year. So Ransdahl told him seventeen million dollars. So Howard Schultz pulled out a blank check and said, "Any amount of money you want, up to seventeen million. Here's a pen." So yeah, again, Ransdahl had, had Parkinson's. Right, so the story goes that he, he was able to shake out, right, and write the number 450 on the check. 450. So, so Howard Schultz looks at it, he said it was 450. So she he said, when you leave this building, make a left, go down this alley, down the stairs, make a right, and uh, there's a guy who's there. There's a guy there who sells tefillin. He says, you want to do some good for the world? I don't need your 70 million dollars. I'll get it somewhere else. Right, but but you go buy yourself a pair of tefillin and put up put on a parents' fillin every single day, that'll do much more for the world than giving me 17 million. I'll get my money. Right? That's someone who has his head on straight. So you figure right? he wasn't shakua, even though he had to raise a tremendous amount of money to keep the mirror going. I'd imagine it was tremendous pressure. He, he wasn't stressed. Right? He wasn't worried. Right? He was focused on helping Jews do mitzvot. Right? What would a who want? Uh, he was not totally He was not stuck in the, in the physical world. Okay, so, so, but talkless, a person still has to work. Right, a person does still have to work, that's for sure. That's not what we're saying at all. So, again, still still in the second paragraph, if you're on page Lamed Aleph, right, the issue here is one of balance. Right? Chazal for sure know that a person has to work, a person has to, that, that has to make a parnasah, we live in a physical world, right? That's if, if you're following along in the Sefer, hachamim <laughs> right? ze'amru, pergavos, have a mamayit Right, memayit basic. Make your parnasa less and learn Torah. Meaning that he says it here. I'm just paraphrasing that the, the parnasa is important. It's imp- a person has to make a parnasa. That's for sure true. But it's an issue of balance. Right, a kash told us right, again, you have, you have to work nine to five peseder. That's how the world works. But you should also have kvias uh, as they call, what they call the kvot itim Torah. Just like you have a nine to five, right, you should also have a certain set amount of time where you go sit and learn. Or you go, it doesn't have to be three hours a day. It would be wonderful if it was three hours a day, but it could be less. Again, a person has to have a focus, right? As, as he keeps on going, he quotes, right? again, we keep on talking about this ladder that Pinchas Banyor is set up, and that's what he based the Sefer on, Pinchas We started with Torah. Torah leads you to Zahirus, right? Without the Torah, the Torah is the Iker. Right? The Torah is the basis, right? You don't come to being careful about your life if you don't have the Torah. Um, you know, he says, uh, that a person... Unfortunately, a person can't be firm without the Torah. Right, a person who's not maaretz, who doesn't know any Torah, who doesn't know any halachos, he can't be a chassid, right? without the ways, without ways with a capital W, right? W with a z e. Without the map, without the ladder, you don't get anywhere, right? Even without with all the best intentions, you're still not going to become a tzaddik, right? You could meditate or learn Kabbalah. Uh, not Kabbalah, Kabbalah, right? And or learn, read English literature, and and become a very wonderful, sensitive person. But you're not going to how to use it if you don't have the foundation uh, and the roadmap. So a person needs to have, he needs to have the time to refer Parnasa. He has to have time to learn. Right, a person, uh, I have a you know, my used to rail, not Ruff Miller, but my ever used to rail on people. Uh, you know, you go to the Bris, right? A Bris in the morning. You ever go to a Bris in the morning? You guys go to Brisim yet? Maybe, maybe it's a shame. You go to Briss soon. I have a Bris tomorrow. And uh, what time is a Bris in New York? It's at 7 in the morning because everybody's got to get to work. So the bris is at 7 in the morning. All the, the working people take a bagel. And who's left at the bris? All the yeshiva guys. Bumming around, eating food, hanging out, having a good time. My rebbe used to go nuts. He used to be like, what? That's less important than, than a parnasa. Par- you have night, morning seder at 9 o'clock. And this guy has got to be at work at 9 o'clock. And you're still at the bris at 9.30. So, yes, yeah, so that's that's to give an e- at least an equal importance right to the par- nasa, uh and to the learning. Right, and that's that's and that's crucial. That they, you have to have this uh, this uh, this foundation of learning of learning something, as we'll explain in a second. Um, it may not necessarily matter exactly what you're learning, but it has to be learning something. So he continues just flipping the page on page Lamed, Lamed Bayes, a fascinating Gemara and and uh, and this is basically what he, the foundation for what he's saying. He's saying the Gemara says Barasi Yezehara Barasi Torah Tavlan that a Kach created the Yezehara, and he created the Torah as an antidote. And he says, "We need pashadu. This is simple. This is simple. Nah, it's not math, but it's simple almost, science. It's simple facts. That he says, just like if there's an illness and there's an antidote, right, literally, just like he starts talking about a refuah over here. You guys can see it. I don't want to read the whole paragraph. He uh, says, uh, if a person has a refuah, right, if if Koshmar created penicillin for strep, so he created Torah for the etzahara. Right? This is the manufacturer's instructions." Right, if you put a bandaid on your stomach because your stomach is upset, that's an argument I had with Etan two days ago. It's not going to help. It's not going <laughs> to. What about? Okay, you can have your bandaid, but the stomach's not going to get any better. So, Akash Baruch told us, told Moshe, told Chazal that the antidote for the to- for the Yitzhahara is the Torah. Period. If you think you could deal with the Yezihara differently, so that's simply you simply wrong, and then that literally is the hill you're going to die on. <laughs> and he continues if you're on Page base right again what's it, what's it comparable to It's like a guy goes to a doctor right gives him a medicine, and the guy's like, mm, i'm going to take something else like you're a fool right you never studied medicine. why do you know better so this this is a pet peeve of mine by the way um when it comes to uh people and following like rabbis and stuff, not me, but i mean like, you know like whenever you learn something in sem or whatever in life and you're like, mm, I don't think that's right. I'm not down. No, I'm not down. Maybe this rabbi... No, this rabbi's out of touch. Like, like, we will blindly follow any doctor. Right, any doctor. Even the, We have no idea if he got all C-pluses on his medical exam. He has a plaque. It says doctor on the wall. Fine, we go to him. He gives us the medicine. No questions asked. But when we have a Shilah, and the rabbi gives us an answer we don't really love, mm, nah, like, it's hilarious to me how people will follow doctors blindly, and not, but not rabbis. Okay, anyway, that's my pet peeve. That's an aside. We can put that aside. But anyway, so as he continues, and he continues, he says it's exactly the same thing. Now, we have the Yitzhahar HaKosh Baruch created the Torah. Learning Torah or being involved in Torah mitzvos is the antidote. So if you want to get to see heroes, if you want to become careful, if you want to be thoughtful about your life, it, it, there's no other way. Right? You can't, uh, you know, do chesed. Chesed is wonderful, but it's not going to bring you to Zahirus. And he says, it, it, it's similar as we mentioned before, right? We say, if you remember, we had, uh, if I'm on the bottom of page, on the base, if you're following along, if you remember, we had uh, this, he compared this world to, to nighttime, to darkness, to walking in darkness. And he said there are two things that happen right, when a person is in the dark, two mistakes a person makes when they're at night, when they're, when they're in their dark. Right, the first thing is they don't see things. So you could be walking and there'd be a pitfall right in front of you. You don't see it. But the second thing, and this is what we're talking about here, is that you see things and think they're different. Right, you mistake a lamppost for a person or whatever. So here as well, he's saying that a person, because he's stuck in the physical world, which is darkness, right, he thinks that he will be able to get out of it through something else, through some other, you know, pursuit. But really, really, it's 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 the wrong. You're taking the wrong medicine. Right? It, it's uh, it's not it's not helping. When you have to right, you have to kind of adjust and trying to make sure you are able to adjust your mindset and your thinking before you kind of get become so shakua because, because you become so stuck in the evil and it doesn't even occur to you right, that you need to think about. So when a person learns Torah again, and we said before it doesn't matter what you're learning. It could be chumash, it could be mishlos yisharim, it could be korbanos, it could be Taros. it could be the most random alak in the world. Then a person is angered in Torah. Right, then you have the motivation. Right, to improve and you'll have that. Even if you haven't had it for a long time, it still will be reawakened. That's that's the itza that everybody gives. A person, you know, goes back and they're not feeling it, and Rabbi, I'm not feeling it. So the first thing I would imagine most rabbis will tell you, or most teachers will tell you, just learn a little bit. Just learn a little bit. That reawakens the koach, right, to be motivated and stay connected to Akash Baruch. Hu. Right? That, that that's how simply that's how it is. That's how Akash Baruch Hu created the world. And again, once you have that, so then, right, so sof, uh, just on the last line on page Lama Beis, so sof may el chadesh is el This will literally reawaken, right, the motivation to move in the right direction. Right, and he said, you'll come to chesed Nefesh, Right, is, uh, on page Lama Gimel at the end of the first paragraph. Right, once you have that point in time where you're learning Torah every single day, you have that little bit of spirituality injected into your veins. So then you'll you'll come to chesed Nefesh. Right, you'll come to a point where, whoa, I want to be spiritually sound. So let's analyze my life, and then, then you'll come to this concept of ziyuros. Right, which will which we're trying to, to get to. So, bottom line, to combat this first deterrent, right. That a person is too busy is too busy. I can never think about spirituality. I'm stuck. I'm doing this. I'm busy with that. Slow down. Make sure you have a kvias item. Make sure you set up a set time in your day to learn, right? And then through that, right, you'll find out that you're not actually as busy as you thought, and you're able to set aside some other time. Right, to do some cheshban anafesh, to think about your life, maybe even for a minute or two. And once you have that, that's already, now you've already cracked the code. Now you've already opened the door, right? You've got your foot in the door, and that puts you on your path to zehirus. That puts you on the path of, of becoming, quote-unquote, less busy and finding the time in your day to focus and kind of uh, and, and, uh, think about your life. And now, says Ramchal, this is ironically the easiest pitfall to avoid, the easiest to fix. Because right? a person sits and blocks off some time to learn, that's the antidote. Right? You think you're so busy, right? So take five minutes before you go to bed, the middle of your day, whatever it is. That will awaken the awareness and make you realize you're not as busy as you think. Right? The learning kind of knocks away the darkness. Right? It leads you to chesed and nevesh and Zahiris. The reason it is not as negative as the next two is because being busy is technically neutral. Right again, it's not necessarily negative, right? A person is allowed to work hard at their parnasa, at their job, and be, or you know, or other things, or school, or whatever they're involved in, right? These things are not necessarily usser, right? If people, were, I would suggest that you should work hard to make a parnassa. I don't think uh, you know, Hazal wanted you to just lounge around, but the next two things are. Negative and late sonos joking around, and when we have to define what that is, because it's obviously Ivdu there's a shambhassimcha, but joking around that is something that is very, very negative. Um this word we're not again, we're not talking about Ivdu a Simcha a person should feel a tremendous amount of simcha and joy and having a purpose in life, right? This is more much more talking about when a person's in a different frame of mind. Everything is a joke. Right, uh, everything is nothing is serious, uh, and you're not able to focus and take and and have this again have the necessary gravity, uh, which being careful and having zeros and thinking about your life requires. Right, if you're going to sit down and take a cheshbon nefesh and everything is a joke to you, so you're not going to be serious about it. Again, I mean, we're not saying you should be uh, sad and, and, and in the dumps all day, but it's important right, to be to have a certain level of, of seriousness and understand what's going on. So the Ramchal writes that someone who is just joking all the time, someone who's not taking his life seriously at all, it's as if he's drowning in a huge ocean that's very hard to swim out of. Right? he compares it to being drunk. When a person is drunk, he can't think. Right? Good luck trying to convince someone who's drunk to do something. It's almost impossible. Right? So that's the same idea. When a person is just making joke after joke after joke, right? It, that prevents a person from thinking straight. Uh, just to give a couple of really old examples, um some of them from of miller and some of them from me uh unfor- unfortunately and i say unfortunately for many reasons but uh one of the greatest comedians of all time is bill cosby now that's much more unfortunate nowadays because he is a criminal and a bum and a low life but we didn't always know that so before that right about 30 40 years ago he had a tremendous bit about noah i don't know if anybody's ever heard it uh, he has a whole joke and routine, again, this is literally maybe the 1980s, that Coach barkle comes to Noach and says, all right, Noach, build an ark. Noach says, great. What's an ark? Et cetera, et cetera. I'm not going to do it. It's, it's, I'm, I'm not going to do it justice. But anyway, this whole bit... As Rev. Miller said, when he heard it for the first time, it took his it took his entire ability to be influenced by the Noach story. Took it in and destroyed it. Why? Because the Noach story. Think if you think about it, Kosh Baruch Hu destroyed the world because people weren't nice to each other. That's probably oversimplifying it, but he literally destroyed the world, right? And wrote it into the Torah. And all we can think of is this joke uh this bit this whole you know little thing uh, when we read the noach story it should shake us right because literally destroyed killed everyone right and we should take serious poster and realize how serious been on the havero hamas stealing etc the, the breakdown of society but if you have this comedy skit in the back of your head right that's the levity that's the jokingness that's the late we're talking about right when you can't take something seriously because you have it's all jokes going on right? whenever you have uh these uh these shows about uh war and stuff like that not like the serious ones but like uh i don't know i can't think of a go on saving private ryan is the first one that comes to mind but that's a really old movie anyway when you have like these these movies that joke about war so it takes away this series of the loss of life war is terrible right we don't have a gravity in the sense of of uh of war because we, we watch all these movies and it's not a big deal right that takes away that's what we're talking about here but right? that the the jokes and the, the the lack of seriousness take away our ability to be sensitive i remember when i was in high school there was a guy who came uh to rambam and uh he said this whole speech about people who ran away from the holocaust and got on a boat and uh, it was literally an hour powerful this guy's story that guy's story they got in a boat to come to eric's etc and his last line was like, yeah, and then the boat sank. And I just, I remember personally just <clears throat> blurting out, like, I got in so much trouble for it. But I thought he was joking. Like, I, it was, he literally told us this our power, powerful story, serious story. And then just ended it with like, yeah, and then the boat sank. And then he make it to Israel. I was like... What? And it was. I thought it was hilarious. I thought he was kidding. So that that obviously he was furious, and that destroyed his whole speech. That's what we're talking about. That's what we're talking about. We're talking about torpe- torpedoing any type of positive, powerful message through one joke. Right? Again, when someone makes that in that story and that thing, that joke at the end, or the quote-unquote joke at the end, which I thought it was a joke, or it wasn't. But right, that destroyed the entire speech. Right? So that's that's what we're talking about over here. So, says, just uh, in, in uh, page Lama Gimel at the end, the paragraph starting with Chachamim, Zichron al Chazal say a crazy thing in Mesech It sounds crazy, but when you think about it, it actually is very, it's very real. It says, Schok rosh is Adam le'erva. That this type of joking around brings a person to Arayos, to inappropriate relationships. Now, Arayos, at, at face value, is like familial Arayos, like brother, father, mother, sister, like really weird stuff, How in the world does a couple of jokes lead a person to that type of serious type of veyres? So he explains that basically when a person doesn't take these things seriously, once the seriousness and the gravity of the veyre is gone, sooner or later a, a person might dare approach something they would never have touched months ago, right? All the machitos, all the walls get broken down. Right? When we have when we stop taking things seriously. And I would just add, it's not only the jokes, but when we view and see these things as acceptable behavior, right? When the based on the media that we consume. Uh, uh, and so that decreases our sensitivities. And we start thinking that things are not so crazy. Uh, someone told me that again, not to be uh, to be. To, I guess to might, might as well be graphic about it. Apparently, uh, Game of Thrones features a brother sister relationship. Now that's insane, but once it's moved into the realm of accept, I guess acceptable, or maybe it was shock value. I don't know what the point of it is. But once it's on TV and once it's consumed on a regular basis, slowly it doesn't become as crazy. Slowly it becomes more acceptable. Um, and again, and he says, just on page Lama Dalet, how does this work? right? Because because Heroes is dependent on thinking and being careful and considering your actions and, and the results of your actions. Well, this schok, laughing and joking, removes us from that thought process. Right? It's a removal from this world. It's almost like an entrance into a fantasy world where nothing is serious. Right? You can't have Yerush Hashem, right? again, Yerush Hashem not necessarily even being fear of heaven, but being just awe of heaven, right? if you're not thinking about it, if nothing is serious to you. Um, and he says, he's just explaining, he's a mushal, he says that Litsonus, this joking attitude has a power uh, that even if a person is involved in musr, right, one joke uh, kind of knocks out everything. He says it's like, I don't love this mushal, it's the first mushal I don't really love, but he says it's like a, back in the day when they were, people would go out to war, they would put oil on their shields. And so the swords would bounce right off. So he says that the oil on the shields is the joke. He's like, that is the, is the not taking things seriously. It just pushes away everything. So, and he says over here that this was, uh, this was the, what happened to Yeshayo. Yeshayo was pre-Khorban, right? Yeshayo, was, was a was a navi that prophesized before the Khorban. He tried to get uh, the people to do, uh, to do tshuva, and every time he tried to give, to give muster, people, th- you know, started joking around with him. And that's what he says at the end of this uh, second paragraph from page Lama Daled, right? The puzzle says, says, <speaking in Hebrew> Don't don't ridicule me. Don't make fun of me, right? Let's, because if you do, then you're you literally just translated here. Your suffering will be intensified. Now he doesn't mean that Hashem is going to punish them for the jokes, but what does he mean? Is he the Ramchal explains that basically a person who is unable to take things seriously, right? He has no ability to do tshuva. So the only thing that a kardshbarukh can do can, to snap him out of it is terrible yusurim, is all of these these horrible punishments and and uh, and. Uh, and I guess pain and, and, and physical, you know, anguish. I guess that'll snap, maybe that'll snap a out of it. But nothing else, right? A person who is joking around and doing all this type of stuff, right? Again, he gets, uh, goes a couple of... Uh Mamari Chazal over here, Gemara and Votazara, right? It, uh, again, it it ends up in an annihilation right, again, just because basically people are leave themselves no other way to do tshuva because they're not taking things seriously. So the late someone who is who's uh, someone who's joking around, right, he Unfortunately, as Chazal explained, right, just just gets pummeled because he has no other way to get the message. I right, said so that's that's uh, that's uh, yeah, and that's that's step number two. Step number three, or not step number three, but issue number three, which. Uh, which impacts us, and this, again, is not a chiddush, but you guys are, and you guys are aware of it, but it's important to mention as well, uh, is a uh, as he writes, the, the people you hang out with. Right? Again, you guys know, man, human, humanity are social creatures. Right? People care very much what they think, what people say about them, right? and people care much more about what people think than what Akash Baruch Hu thinks. Right? and you speak to a kid and they want to get better and they want to get from, but what can they do? Right? Friends are going out here, friends are going out there. Same thing with you guys. I'm sure you guys have experienced it going back from Sem. Friends are going here, friends are going there. writes in El Deos, People are influenced by their friends. So what, again, peer pressure, you guys are aware of it. So what do you do? So how does it work? Right? How, do you, how do you avoid this? Right? So says the, the Ramchal, right? Shlomo Malach already wrote, uh, this is a, Im Shonim do not join together do not mingle with people who are different people who are different now what do we have to define this uh, but uh, let's just uh read a little further now even though right he says even though a person it is true that shall abrios. right that what that means is that people are right social creatures and that's fine Right, that's that's a person has to be social, and then we have uh, right, we, we flourish when we're surrounded by by good people. The bottom line is, right, if you if are friends with fools, right, you'll become a fool, right. If even if a person sees the light, right, if you flip out, whatever the terminology is, right. You'll, a person, unfortunately, we have all done this. We still will become lax, and we will transgress, and we will do averos just to avoid ridicule uh, ridicule from our friends. Uh, or uh, or to gain our or to gain their uh, approval, etc. etc. Now he does say right that the fascinating that a person is a social creature right, but uh, you should be with the brios, but only if they're doing Maisa adam right, only cre- creations that are people, not Maisa behema right. Choose your chaver wisely right. Don't hang out with behemas right. As Shlomo says right. Get make sure you stay away from the fools right. Don't even get into the same. Uh, situation is that. Again, we're going to define uh, in a second, but but he co- keeps on quoting, quoting more. Mamari Chazal over here, and just one of them I want to highlight, which is very important. The first pasuk in I'm not sure if you've ever paid attention to it. I'm on uh, page Lamed Hey, four lines up. First line of Tehillim. Fascinating. Right. Devon Amalek says, What does that mean? Pray, I'm just going to translate from the English because it's easier, and then we'll talk about exactly what, what we're talking about over here. Praiseworthy is someone who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked, in the path of the sinners does not stand, and in the seat of the scornful does not sit. Now notice there's a progression there in the Pasuk. Right? Praiseworthy is someone who does not walk with the advice of Rishayim, doesn't stand with sinners, and does not sit with late with people who don't take anything seriously. And says Reim right? as the Chazal already explained, the Gemara says, what's the progression of the Pasuk? Gemara Nevo Dezara. If a person starts walking with her shayim, it's very possible that they will stand with them, and then it's very possible that they will eventually sit with them. Right? There's a progression over here, meaning that be careful who you hang out with. And a person... Uh, eventually will be drawn in, right? Even if you're just walking with them, even if it's just casual conversation, you have to be very careful. Now, now how do you define people they have to stay away from? So the Rambam, you know, as I mentioned in Hilchas Deus, defines them as people who are walking in the darkness. The Ramchal defines it a little bit differently. I'm on page Lamed uh, so first paragraph over there, a person has to purify himself, V'limno'a raglov, and to refrain from walking, f'ra' midarche ha'hamon ha'shikuim be'hev That literally means, stay away from the masses who are stuck in the hevel, in the nonsense of the times. People who are steeped in the vanity of the foolish things of the time. Realize what that means is, and it may sound harsh, but it means that your friend, who is wonderful, but is obsessed with uh, real housewives of God knows where Sri Lanka, or this social media, or that awards show, or whatever stupid politics is going on. I'm sure she's wonderful, but she is not healthy for you spiritually. Right? And just be careful and be aware of who you're spending time with. Um, if you're if you have no one to spend time with, talk to Gosh Baruch Hu. Right? That's weird, but if you got no one else. Again, it used to be weird to walk around talking to yourself. Now you can just put it in an AirPod and no one will think any difference. Right? Again, it sounds ridiculous, but if you have no, no pe- people at the moment in time who are healthy influences, so talk to Gosh Baruch. Now, obviously that's a little bit extreme. Take it if you want. Um, but he says over here, you have to be a little extreme. right? You have to be a little bit of bold. right? A person has to be a little bit of boldness, a little bit of right? Because if you're going to make fun of, says Ramchal, you should give it back. Right? if you're gonna get made fun of for being from, so make fun of them for not being from. Now that, I don't know if that actually will work, and that's probably not a great idea socially, but at least in your head, right, you should certainly right, be prepared to say, hey, to stand up for what you what you hold of, for what you're thinking. Right? Even in Ram Day, right? The same girls coming back married to soul getting made fun of the girls back in the stedel, right? You gotta be able to stand up to them and be ready that to say, listen, you do you, I'll do me. Right, it says if there was money at stake, right, if there was a huge monetary prize at stake, you would obviously ignore the people who were laughing at you and you'd run after the money. So how much more so the ultimate prize that we're talking about? Right? This is the beginning of, uh, if you ever read the beginning of Shulchan Aruch, a person has to be Azkan Amer, right? don't be afraid to be us, to be bold. Right? If you were in med school right, and your friend said you wanted to go out Saturday night and you said I had a test, I got to study, everybody would be fine with it. So the same is true of Frumkei, right? You have a shear to go to, you have a party to miss, you have uh, whatever, you can't make it. So, and, and again, think about this, Rick Miller, uh, again, made a brilliant insight. He says, after all, think about it like this, your friends making fun of you doesn't reflect on what you're doing. It only reflects on the way they view what, they're do- what you're doing. Again, I'll say it again. When your friends make fun of you for what you're doing, it doesn't reflect on what you're doing. You're still doing the right thing. All it does is reflects on what they think of what you're doing, so that has no bearing on you, right? You keep on doing you, you do what's right, and and unfortunately they're going to make fun of that because they are lacking, they're missing the boat, right? And, and and don't be don't be shy about it, be proud about it, right? But he says over here the Ramchal writes in the last paragraph that David Amalek was not embarrassed to talk about holy matters with other kings, even though other kings were talking about God knows what taxes, wars, women, etc. David. Had his self-confidence. He had discerned the truth. He had figured out what's MS. Why shouldn't he be proud about it? Why shouldn't he talk about it? And I think, and just to finish up, we'll finish on this note, this is a super Indian. Right? If you've ever wondered, I always I noticed this not while I was in school, but a little bit afterwards. Who is cool? Which kids are cool in school right, when you're growing up? But yes, there are obviously the stereotypes, the pretty girl, go- the pretty girl, the good athlete, etc. But sometimes, and everybody could probably think of as somebody that they're friends with. Sometimes there's a kid who everyone likes, right? Kid wears plaid skirts or pants, whatever. Maybe he wears like that kangoo hat. You know what I'm talking about? Like the Samuel L. Jackson hat. He's got thick square glasses. Everybody can picture somebody like this, right? They are the coolest dude, and yet they they don't look like anybody else. Why are they cool? Because they're self-confident, right? They're comfortable in their own skin, right? People are attracted to people who are real. So that's what we have. We have discovered. We have discovered the MS, the, w- the best way to live your life. So why shouldn't you pimp it? That didn't come out right. I probably should stop saying that. All right, whatever. Anyway, I don't think I say it too often. But anyway, <laughs> Talkless, you shouldn't be any less confident than the next girl. What you're what you're involved in is. Objectively much more important than whatever stupid topic and conversation is going on in the other, in the next room So again, we're not all on David's level that we could go walk around a, a gathering of kings and queens and talk about a kosh Baruch but something to strive for right that we have uh, we've discovered the MS, right? You have a cheshmer, an nefesh. we are Zohir, we are careful and uh, That's something to be proud of that, that uh, you're on the right there Okay, that is the end of Perik uh, Hay. We'll next week we'll go on to Perik Vav. Perik Vav is Zrizos, which is not the same as Is Zrizos is being, well, we'll talk about it next week, I guess. Um, but that is, well, I hope maybe we'll give it a rundown, just uh, not right now, but maybe next week we'll give Zahirus a rundown. Uh, bottom line, Khajban and Anefesh, right? Using Torah as your anchor, take stock of what you're going in this world, make sure you think about it, right? Run away from people and physicality that will stop you from thinking about your in your in your life uh run away from making everything a joke um and uh, again you could be the but make sure you have the proper uh focus and seriousness when dealing and thinking about your own life after all it is your life and it is the most important thing in life so certainly we would take it seriously when it's talking we we're ta- we were talking about some sort of pursuit for money how, how much more so uh a pursuit for spirituality okay everybody thanks for hanging out um I will be in touch. Good to see you guys.